Welcome back to the NASCAR series. He's with Michael, and let's see what we find on today. So, just waiting for my NASCAR mobile app to load. Debate. What is the best trophy in NASCAR? The grandfather clock. They also say there's no denied prestige of winning the Daytona 500, Southern 500, or the Brickyard 400. You're not wrong. Jonathan Merriman. <laughs> also, Willem says it's the early J. Earl Trophy for the Daytona 500. Those are two cool ones. Oh, there's also some biography. Let's take a look at this. <laughs> Remembering Bill Francine. One of the toughest race courses ever designed. A two-mile beach straightaway. A narrow asphalt road. Rough. Broken. Fast. Before I left Mid-Atlantic, I was already racing. There were a few wins but a few torn up race cars as well. When the Daytona circuit opened, I ran the first race, even finished fifth. However, the track didn't have much of a future if it didn't smooth out the finances and establish a better organization. The city put on the race and they lost $20,000 in 1936, so they were immediately out of the racing business. So, Bill France said, hey, we're in trouble here. You know, he was a racer. He wanted to continue racing on the beach. My father didn't have the cash. So there was a fellow here that had a nightclub named Charlie Reese. And they got together. Charlie put the money up. Father did the work. And so they ran a race then. And it turned out it was successful enough. And so my father was able to keep it going. And that's how it all got started. Well, Bill France Sr. was one of us. He walked with those in the unshined shoes. He could play in front of some uh, pretty highfalutin crowds, but he understood the American psyche about the car. He'd been a mechanic, he'd been a driver, he won some races, and so he had that common touch. But what he had that was uncommon was the ability to see how you put it all together and made something very special. What was it like down here on the beach? Well, it was very rustic, uh, <laughs> and uh, cars had come flying down this road, and that was a little escape hatch over there. That Where? On the far side. You see, if somebody's brakes failed to uh, failed to hold, you could go down there. Had the opportunity to go down there. <laughs> You will see a lot of old film and video from that era of cars just piling on top of each other, one after another, because of brake failure. So it took some brave souls to do it. That must have been a thrill, have four or five guys wide just come down through here at 100 miles an hour, 120, 30. Oh, yeah, it was a thrill, and if, they, if you got up behind somebody, the spray would your windshield up so you had to have long arms i had when i was racing on it i had an advantage because i could reach around and clean my windshield off and some of the guys with the short arms couldn't do that let me ask you 
about this guy? When was that? How old was he when that was taken? When that picture was made was 1938. That's me. I, I can't remember when I was that skinny. That was a fun part of that NBC track passing. Walton Gordon on Maromba. Fill the script. NASCAR drivers remember what it's like to be a kid. Let's do this. Hi, I'm Lisa Caroline, the kid reporter for NASCAR. Adults always ask me the same questions, literally all the time. So I decided today I would flip the script so they can see what it's like to be a kid again. So, let's flip the script. Where'd that come from? <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> I just want to be an adult when I grow up. I'm hoping that that happens someday, as is my wife. Yes. Now, uh, You're what is your favorite color? Super Mario. If I had to pick one, I'd probably say red. Red. Nice. My favorite color is purple. That's not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite color? Red. Red. We've gotten a lot of reds. Yeah. Yellow looks good. Yeah, really good, yellow guy, but I uh, kind of think yellow looks good on us. Well, that's great. Who is your best friend? My best friend? I'd say my mom. Your mom? Yeah. That's very sweet. Yeah. Yes. Who is your best friend? My best friend is my girlfriend. Your girlfriend? Oh, that's sweet. What is your least favorite chore? Ah. Uh. Taking the trash out. It's been that way from day one. Now that you're 13 years old, you can relate, right? Yeah. Taking the trash. Oh, it's terrible. I feel like laundry is always overwhelming, mm. you know, when it comes to... Because you have to pick piles up all the clothes up, right? and you're just like, ah. And then, then you got to get done and fold it. And you got to fold it before it gets cold. So and it if doesn't you drop wrinkle. any random socks. You're right. Like, and I always lose at least two pairs of socks every time I do laundry. So oh, yeah. that one's a tough. Changing light bulbs. Changing light bulbs. Why is that? It's just such a pain to get the ladder and get the ball, and they're usually out of the bulbs, and there's a process there. There's I, I a big find process. washing dishes, I take out the trash, I do all of that. The light bulbs, different story. Mm -hmm. Do you like broccoli? I do like broccoli. Do you like broccoli? I do, actually. Do you like broccoli? I do, actually. Do you like broccoli? Is there a reason why you still have a mustache? There is a reason. Nobody likes broccoli. Nobody. I like broccoli. Did you make your bed this morning? I did not. Neither did I. Good. Nice work. Boom. Did you make your bed this morning? No, I did not. <laughs> it's okay. Neither did I. Did you make your bed this morning? I did not. Nope. Neither not did even I. Close. It's Good okay. Deal. Good deal. Last question. It's a very serious, serious question. Oh. Did you make your bed this morning? <laughs> where, where do you find her? That was fun. That sent me off on a dance run. History and number 24 in NASCAR. We gotta take a look at this. 36th place, Dick Clothier. Richard Petty. Placed 13th on Oldsmobile in Fayetteville in 1959. Only one pole was achieved by a driver before Jeff Gordon, that was home of player Gled Wood and a Ford. Wood in nineteen sixty at Martinsville. Also Bobby Allen, Curtis Turner, and Tiny Lund got behind number twenty-four. Gordon finally got behind. Anyway, see still, that is 
Gordon, no relation to Jeff, was the only driver before Jeff to make start more than 20 races in the car. He placed a career-best third in points in 1971. Gordon finished third in the points one, more in 1973 and never finished higher again in sixth. Veteran Kenny Wallace made three starts in the number 24 Pontiac. <coughs> Jeff Gordon made his debut at 1992 at Atlanta. Gordon won his first of four in 1995. Gordon won 10 races in 1996. Gordon won his first Great American race in 1997. Gordon also captured his second title in 1997. A year after the second, Gordon went back-to-back on number 24 to land his third career title role in 1998 with a career-high 13 wins. Gordon picked up his second second Daytona 500 in 1999. Fourth and final title of Gordon's was in 2001. Gordon landed his final Daytona 500 win in 2005. (laughs) Hendrick Motorsports also announced early 2015. Gordon's last year behind the wheel would be 2015. Gordon won the Daytona 500 pole for his final start in the Great American Race in 2015. And Jeff Gordon nearly went out with a bang, winning at Martinsville in late 2015 to propel him to the championship race where he finished sixth. Chase Elliott made a statement by winning the pole in the, in the Daytona 500 during 2016, also winning again. And the pole. William Byron, Elliot switched to nine, and William Byron took ahead of the 24. And then he also won the Daytona 500 pole in 2019, which that was a nice look. Race win trophies ranked. <coughs> Number 16, the Federated Auto Parts 400. Interesting. Got a club speedway. That's got to be in there. Number 15, but that's a surprising place for that. Ooh, Texas, it's a cowboy boot. Weird. It's confusing. Kentucky Speedways. That's okay. Geico 500s. Looks like, like some man on there, but that's weird. Watkins Glen. That's pretty cool. The All-Star Race. Woo! That's a good one. New Hampshire. A lobster! Bristol Motor Speedway. Woo! That actually looks fancy. Fancy! Oh, wine selling. Yes. That's good. Harley J. Earl Trophy is number six. The Gander Outdoors 400. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> Southern 500, pretty cool. And the Brickyard 400 is also cool. Oh, the Dover the Monster. They even put a diecast in there. Phew, that's good. And the Grandfather Clock. Phew. you got to have that in your trophy collection. <laughs> that was a fun look in there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Let's also take a look at... Back then, the bump and run was something...
with Wallace on Gordon, bump and run, I was one mad homebred. I heard of it. It really didn't happen that much, if at all. Like back then, we just call it rough driving, you know. But um, it happened, and I could not get it out of my mind. And uh, after it happened, it was stuck in my mind for a long, long time. I just couldn't get over it. I couldn't forgive. I was just mad, man. I was just mad, and I wanted that thing, and I love Bristol. All my car dealerships, we've got eight of them now. They're all up in Bristol, Tennessee, Knoxville, Tennessee area. And so that's a really special area for me. So to, to do all that stuff and lose it right there at the very end, I, I was one mad hombre, man. I'll tell you what, I was, I was not under the collar at him, boy, no doubt about that. <laughs> that was fun. Well, that was like 41 seconds. Obviously, since I saw it when it started. Gordon Wallace with a bump and run. Interesting. Although Bubble Wall, well, Rusty Wallace, I mistake that, he did not want to race that year, which is sad. That would have been a nice show, right? Oh, Prairie's concert. April 5th, Justin Moore. Interest. Hosted by Alex Weaver and Austin Dillon. <laughs> it's almost time for me to go, so let's take a look at one final thing. I got to take Rusty Wallace on Jeff Gordon. We didn't get along too well. For a long time, we didn't get along too well, and... Uh... We're pretty darn good friends right now, and I'm glad it ended that way because uh, we can all look back now as Hall of Famers and say, you know, that 97 Bristol race was unreal. And I think uh, the bump and run that Jeff did on me in the 97 race was that created the term, the bump and run. And uh, he's the one that started that, and that's cool. And uh, But now it's expected that if you get close now to anybody out there and you're within distance to win a big race – the bump and run's acceptable. <laughs> yeah, bump and run. You heard him right. That's what I might do if I want to win. And then ask our race, that's what I would do. Like, if, like, everyone is blocking me, I'd just, like, spin them out with, like, maybe I'm, like, if they came out, like, turn four, I'd drill their bumper, and everyone would go, like, whoa, this guy's a superstar. All right, the bump and run, that's how he gets wins. Anyway, I'm going, so see you later.